Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Creighton and UConn tonight in fierce athletic competition at the Chai. 7.30 tip. Pre-game is at 6 and tickets are somehow still available. So if you're thinking about going, you should go. UConn became the first unanimous number one in the AP Men's College Poll this season, while Washington State jumped back into the rankings at number 21 to end a 302-week drought that stretched back to the 07-08 season. The Huskies remain atop the poll for the sixth consecutive week after they blew out DePaul and then blew out Marquette over the weekend. They received all 62 first-place votes, scooping up the other 16 that Purdue got when they lost to Ohio State Sunday. The Fighting Flans fall at UConn 73-53. The game was tied at 31 at halftime. The loss snapped the Blue Jays' 11-game win streak, moving them to 21-4 on the season, 12-3 in the Big East. UConn climbs to 22-5 overall. They're 15-0 in conference play. They're good. The big story this Hold morning. On. Can I? So, so watching that game yesterday. Um, which we like 11 a.m. basketball. I enjoyed it. Uh I think Creighton is right is has been primarily ranked right where they should be this year. They're they're twenty to twenty five. Mm-hmm. UConn is right where they should be ranked, mm, you know, thirteen to seventeen. Now the athleticism really showed up in the third quarter when UConn increased their defensive intensity, and you don't have Beckers, you don't have Edwards, but the gap. The gap between UConn and Creighton is still there. Yep. And UConn, of course, to the rest of the Big East and women's basketball. But this isn't like an elite UConn team because there is a big-time gap, in my opinion, between South Carolina and where UConn is. I just, yeah. it's, UConn's at the top of that league. And, you know, if you you if you if are able, if you, you've got to be almost perfect to beat UConn in this league yeah. when you don't have the kind of athletes that they have. And that's what happened yesterday. You know, you can only go so far, and all of a sudden, people are guarding you and taking away your outside game, and you start inside yeah, out. That's the dirty snowball. And then fact. things go south. Yep. At least it was better than the first meeting. There's that. Thankfully, they don't have to play them again unless they play in the Big East tournament. And anyway, the big story this morning: the Nebraska rifle team qualifies for the NCAA championships. As the NCAA announced that 18 field yesterday, they will face off against West Virginia, TCU, Air Force. Makes sense. Air Force would be good at shooting. Kentucky, Alaska, Fairbanks, of course, they're a wagon. Ole Miss and Navy. Those championships will take place, fittingly, in beautiful Morgantown, West Virginia. Shout out Morgantown Brewery. Great burgers, too. Friday, Saturday, March 8th or 9th. Nebraska will make its second straight appearance under Coach Mindy Miles and 20th appearance since becoming a varsity program in 1998. Their qualifying score was based on its score from qualifiers last weekend and their top three regular season scores at different locations throughout the season. Not sure what that means. In the NBA, after following, firing Coach Jock Vaughn and his beard, the Brooklyn Nets are promoting assistant Kevin Ollie to interim head coach. Ollie will start his head coaching duties Thursday against the Toronto Raptors. The Nets have 28 regular season games left. Their hopes are that Ollie can re-energize a roster that has dropped into the bottom 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency since mid-December. And you know you got to be really bad to be in the bottom 10 in defense in the NBA. Ollie, who played 13 seasons in the NBA, won a national championship as UConn's coach in 2014. And then he joined the Nets as assistant this season. 
In two-plus seasons as Nets, co- as Nets coach, Jock Vaughn was 71-68 and 68 in the regular season and a whopping 0-8 in the playoffs. He replaced Steve Nash a season ago. A lot of point guards. They do like their guards as a head coach. Maybe they'll go with a big next time. Nash went 43-32, and 32, and then he got swept in the first round of the playoffs. So really the bar is we just win one game in the playoffs and you're a success. And finally, St. John's coach Rick Pitino said yesterday that he stands by criticism he leveled at his team Sunday night after the Red Storm blew a 19-point first-half lead in a 68-62 home loss to Seton Hall. The Hall of Fame coach in restaurant uh, fanatic in his first season at St. John's didn't hold back during a post-game news conference in which he questioned his players' toughness and mentioned several by name in case they got confused who he was talking about while describing their athletic shortcomings. St. John started the season 12-4, and including wins over Utah, Xavier, Butler, Villanova, and Providence, but the wheels have fallen off since then on the Big Taxi, with the Red Storm going 2-8 and eight in their past 10 games to fall to ninth place in the Big East and out of the projected NCAA tournament field, but at least they're better than Georgetown. DePaul, Patino is struggling to find the right combination of players, even taking all Big East big man Joel Soriano out of the starting lineup against Providence last week due to inconsistency. Sure, a lot of other schools would happily take Joel Soriano. He's pretty good. Yeah, he never, he still never said anything about, um, you know, this is a, a Rick Patino thing, or never took the the ownership of. He didn't say Walter Berry's too, not but, walking through that door. Yeah. Chris Mullen's not walking through that door. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, he said I, a lot of things this year. Remember, he, what was it, two weeks ago, he said college basketball needs a salary cap? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He uh, was going to go freeze to death. Welcome back to, to big-time basketball, Rick Petito. And then he got COVID. Yeah. That is true. Yes, he did. That's right. I forgot about the COVID after the Creighton game, Omaha too, gave him where COVID. Where we thought that uh, Omaha had a super spreader event at that game. But uh, it was just Rick Petino from all we know. But not a lot that was, uh, that was again, taking the ownership that maybe – could have went a long way. And Basically said, I'm Rick Patino, so but, what? But he also said what we kind of thought was probably the point, and that is to be able to put those words out there publicly, where you know we said this yesterday. He's, you would hope that he's at least shared these thoughts with his team before going out on a press conference and, and kind of blasting their athleticism and, and what have you. But again, the, the, the key thing lacking there was, was the accountability on Rick Patino of – you know, and that's on me. I got to get these guys better. But I guess you know he can't make them more athletic in in his in his best judgment. So so be it. We'll we'll see how that thing looks after the season. I just uh, you know everything's about keeping receipts. I just want to point this out as we uh, move on from Rick Pitino. That on May fifteenth, mm-hmm. two thousand and twenty three, uh, he tweeted out just an incredible job by our staff in recruiting eleven quality athletes with great potential. A culture is formed with selfless people that have a strong thirst for winning. So excited to work with these 13 talented men. Now it's the most miserable experience he's ever had in, 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 his, time, in his time. I saw a lot of his games with the Celtics. They seem worse. No, this is, um, this is, this is in it. Person. This is it, Jimmy. This is rock bottom. Ron Mercer's also not walking through that door. <laughs> Walter McHattie. Who else did he have? Antoine Waka. McHattie. Let's go Tommy Heinsohn here. Rest in peace. All right, Doug, Tommy. Writes, Doug writes into his own uh, inbox, and you can always send us uh, an email into the equitable Doug's inbox. not a Rick fan, I know that. Uh, Gary at 1620thezone.com or... Hanley1620thezone.com. All right. Um, Rick's got a gra- I mean, Doug's got a great breakdown here. Yeah, so Doug's got an issue with Tim Kruger about yesterday and having Wisconsin ahead of, of Creighton. Uh, it's too lengthy to read on the air. 
Yeah. All right, a couple of keys tonight. This That's is, what I'm this is, uh This is Doug. <laughs> it just is. Uh, you can uh, agree or disagree. Uh, Trey needs to play physical and play through contact and realize he may not get a foul call. What Trey Alexander do you get? Beginning of the year, middle of the year, of late, the good Trey Alexander yeah. catch-and-shoot three guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll shoot it better than Newton will shoot it. Uh, Conkbrenner will have to play 40 minutes of awfully close, and we have no credible backup. UConn has two good big men. I would use timeouts as rest breaks as much as trying to stop momentum. Take him out on offense at 12.06, 4.06, so he's really only out of the game for one or two possessions. This is good. Call timeout. Eight seconds. It's like a, You have like a window there uh, between like... 12.06 to 12.12. All right, get him out. Rely on the media timeout. Yeah. That's I a think, strategy. I think the biggest thing, and 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 he's right. You, you have Johnson and, and Klingon are two great combos. Now, mm-hmm. Klingon only plays a little over 20 minutes a game, but they, they use him and Johnson really, really well. And Klingon is great in drop coverage. I also think I've been impressed by Donovan Klingon is he his ability to run the floor. Yeah, he gets down man, there. He, he, can, he can move, mm-hmm. but... In drop coverage, he's really, really good. And then Johnson is uh, a different element. So they have that covered. thing with Kalkbrenner tonight with me isn't necessarily getting in foul trouble because Creighton doesn't foul. And he doesn't, is, especially. Is He had five field goal attempts in their first game. Mm-hmm. Five. Ryan Kalkbrenner in a high-level major basketball game yeah. had five field goal attempts. And you can get Klingon in foul trouble. Uh, that's the, the other thing about the difference between Kalkbrenner and Klingon. You can get him up in the air. You can get him in a vulnerable position there, too. So this is where I do hope, and again, this is where I trust that Mack and this offense, they will understand that it needs to go through Kalkbrenner, at least early on, to see what you're getting and to see what Kalkbrenner's bringing, too. Is he getting some some looks? Is he getting some shots? And you're opening up everything else. You get Ashworth involved, Trey involved. Baylor, obviously, is, is always going to be a factor. But that, that to me, is, is a big-time head scratcher there in a game like that. And again, it wasn't a game that all of a sudden UConn was just blistering them offensively that it just got away and they had to kind of change what they wanted to do. I mean, well, it, it never was that, that type game, of game. That game also, Klingon had just, yeah, he he just, had just started to come back. And he was coming now, off the bench. Now, he has he doesn't play a lot. So he four times in his 60 games in college, he's only played 25 or more minutes. So they get the most out of him for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that has added to Klingon, and Klingon's a first-round guy. So, Castle, Alexander, Klingon are all first-round guys. Yep. Shireman, Caravan, and Spencer are all second-round guys. There's six NBA guys, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about yeah. it, but that's, that's how I see it uh, in this game tonight. Is Klingon is starting to score. Mm-hmm. So, that's scary because he's elite drop coverage on defense. He, he plays that part of the floor really, really well, and he just eats up the paint. So, Kalkburn is going to have to be active. And, my God, if he's only taking five shots again tonight, just – Send out the tweet, UConn basketball, yeah. get on the plane and go home. Yeah. Um, but Klingon's starting to score. So he's been in double figures three of his last four games, and they really haven't needed his offense. But now that they've added to that, it's just another element to right. you. UConn is not just good, folks. They are scary good. They could have an off night. They could get beat by a team that plays better than them. But man, there aren't a lot of people in the country that are able to go toe-to-toe for them. I'd love to see UConn and Houston play. Well, it, yeah, it, especially with the, the the pace that you see Houston play at, too, and you saw that last night if you watched them or not or if you've seen them at all throughout the year. But it, going back to Creighton, what they do defensively, and with 
their ability at times to run people off the three-point line, but also not having that ability if they're doing that the way that I think you know UConn kind of forces you to to defend them. Are you being able to get a little bit of that help on a guy like Klingon, especially with now him being offensively more involved in this thing too? It does. It just it, it it creates, and this is where you hope that that energy. And I don't I don't think Creighton lacks it, and I don't think they would, especially at home. But how are they going to look there later in the game? Because it's going to take a lot of energy, especially if UConn is hitting some shots, especially if their guards are hitting some shots, and then Klingon's involved or it's coming right back out. Are you able to kind of sag down and then get back out there, recover that rotation, everything that you have to do to be able to basically stabilize what's a a bevy of options on the perimeter, but also having a big man that can hold his own as well. That yeah. That's going to be tough. I mean, Klingon is not only – he's elite in drop coverage. He's great in the pick and roll. Then they bring Samson off, and Samson on ball coverage is really, really good, but hedging on ball screens. I mean, this is this is a really, really good game for basketball heads because there's a lot of game within the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that Doug adds is frustrate Spencer, run Caravan off the three-point line. Those are the two, guy, the two key guys for – UConn. I, I I think Creighton has an answer for a Newton, a Castle, and a Klingon. Not a complete answer, but at least they have somebody that can handle them. It's Spencer and Caravan that I worry about that goes off tonight for UConn, and you don't have an answer for them. Now, no. that's where Ashworth comes into play, that he's going to have to be really good, maybe more defensively than mm-hmm. offensively. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, too, and even Spencer when Spencer shoots it, I mean, Spencer can drill it from three point range. Well, and and that was the one game too that when they played back in stores, that Castle's athleticism was it was notable. It was very notable, and I mean, it was leading to some other looks because his his penetration and then having to kind of try to stop him, and then his ability to kind of get it either inside, kick it back out too, like his just dribble drive penetration too. That was that was evident in that matchup too. So. Castle to me kind of worries me. Yeah, I, see, I, I think Caravan's good. I, I Caravan don't, is. I don't. I, the the offensive part that that shouldn't worry anybody. What worries you is the defensive part. That's where he's gotten yeah. exceptionally better. Why he's probably he's a lottery pick. He's probably in the top ten, and he frustrated the hell out of Shireman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shireman had twelve points in that game on eleven shots. Yeah. Go go through the game log and. Shireman's career. When has that ever happened? Yeah. But, uh, so his 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 offense doesn't worry me. It's is what he's able to do on defense, which is also added to why he's you know NBA teams are starting to get a little bit more comfortable with mm-hmm. when he's selected as a lottery pick. Yeah. I just again not necessarily even putting up points in that game though, but getting to the baseline, just doing things were causing a lot of movement where all of a sudden you had other guys that were getting better looks and he was able to find them. Like those are the things that I kind of especially in that game noticed early on in the game that didn't have a lot of offense that. He was kind of helped trying to create that, whether he was actually on the receiving end or he was actually getting the ball and distributing it. He's just an athlete. He's a, he's a, he's a hell of an athlete. Uh, Christopher writes into the Equitable Bank inbox. Uh, Connecticut versus Nebraska. Your comments about how people in Connecticut view Nebraska ring true. I went to college in Hartford, married my wife in New Canaan, and visited my in-laws many times in Sanford. And yes, it's true. The image in Nebraska is just endless cornfields and a few farmers with straw <laughs> dangling from their mouths. Oh, straw so, dangling from the mouth. So, okay, that's a new one. Um. <laughs> hey, uh, my have, my my, my, pipes? my dad's from New York City. Yeah, well, he's from White Plains. You, you, the The response when old pops moved to the Midwest, yeah, and then married a Midwest gal, yeah. Um, 
Buckeye Jim from La Vista also adds, by the way, the rumor in Columbus that Greg McDermott is in the running for the Ohio State job. Oh, <laughs> is that for the, the, the Mac to Ohio State? Yes. Um, I got a little insight on the Ohio State job yesterday, um, along with the list of candidates that they have uh, at their disposal. They also are attracted to candidates that have worked with a strong NIL slash collective unit because that's going to be a big part of Ohio State basketball moving forward is they're going to lean, just like they've done in football, into the NIL. Mm. They want a coach who has worked with a a very aggressive NIL slash collective to acquire talent. Makes sense. And I was told that by somebody that covers Ohio State on a daily basis, and I was like, Thinking of the list of, of coaches, I'm like, if they if you if you haven't, then you wouldn't even be a candidate. Period. Why? Why are, you, why are you, Yeah. So they're Ohio State is uh, you know they're gonna they're making a commitment to basketball. They're they they're gonna try and not on the level of football, of course, but basketball. They you know because it's like well you guys just care about football, you don't put any resources in basketball, and I think Ted Carter and everybody else is like no no no. We're 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 in it to win it in basketball because now we want to take over the world. Yeah, I think that's where the Ohio State wants to go. Is we are one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, brand in all the college athletics and across the board. We're just going to take over, and so basketball is our opportunity. We got stale butts and seats weren't there. We moved on from Chris Holtman. We got an opportunity here, but NIL is going to be a major part of men's basketball moving forward. And I wonder with what you just said there, though, does that also? Gosh, I can't imagine it would. Does that put like high level assistant coaches on staffs, like on marquee staffs, also in the running for this? I would just think this would have to be a head coaching, like no, a, a, it, a current established head I coach. Mean, any 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 power five, any power six head coach right now has had to deal with NIM. Right, right. But I mean, I'm, I'm, if you if and it's not, hey, we we got a guy for fifty k. I mean, we're talking about the attractive people at Ohio State are coaches that have dealt with. We got a player for four hundred to six hundred thousand, right. and we were unique in how we put a package together for them, so mm-hmm. that we stood out amongst the the rest. Yeah, and the, those head coaches were a part of it. I'm just curious if there's any assistant coaches that were on those staffs too that are up and comers that you would say, hey, they worked hand in hand with that head coach. They worked hand in hand with the the collective as well, and they were part of that. I I don't I think that that's a major long shot. I think these are well established head coaches, but I'd be curious about that too. Just right. being involved. Um. I know. I know. I said we're going to talk about the Ashley uh, Scoggin uh, lawsuit that came out yesterday. We're we going to run out of time here because I want to get Sam. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll talk a little bit with Sam about this. Uh, but I have thoughts. As I, as I mentioned before, the top of the hour, uh, what came out yesterday was very predictable. Uh, the board of regents had an emergency meeting. It was scheduled last week before this came out. That was concerning the president of uh, Nebraska. It had nothing to do with what came out yesterday. Uh, just a couple of quick, brief thoughts here is it is a well-phrased lawsuit. Uh, It reads terribly. There have already been reputations that have been damaged uh, throughout this. Um, You got the one side of the lawsuit. Again, I will say this, and I am not all of a sudden like, oh, yeah. If you remember, when this happened two years ago, we talked about it at length on the morning show, and a lot of the stuff that we said is true, has come out. So, again, very predictable mm-hmm. in this. I think in the way I look at it, 
Nebraska sees that this was resolved about a year ago. I think it comes down to essentially two questions involving one person. Is what and when did Amy Williams know? And whatever question is answered there, then you move forward. I don't think that either side would want to have this see the light of a courtroom. Yeah, and yeah, reading that and saying that they you know hope to settle this in an actual trial type setting, I thought was also. Mm. I can't imagine that that's the end goal here. But yeah, hearing the the account of Ashley Scoggins in not only love but also William's uh, husband you know, being out with love and her being invited out to you know have drinks with him, it, it was was kind of okay, but. I think the exact same thing of as a head coach and if you go again by the side of the lawsuit and how it reads of allegedly that Trev had reached out to the parents and said that this will be handled by Amy. Well, okay, if if there's some truth to that, this hopefully during that Penn State game and that Penn State road trip hopefully caught her by surprise in that moment. Because that's, that's, what sent, that's what I said. Sent exactly. Down to exactly. What and when did Amy Williams know? Right. I, I I would totally agree because that's that's the leader of your program. That's the person you find out something like this is going on. You are what the, mm-hmm. and you got to get it out of your hands into your athletic director's hands. And then to be honest, this has got to go above the athletic department yep. in something like this. One one other thing that I because I, I read through this a couple of times yesterday. Did anybody anybody stop? Again, reputations have been damaged. There are there are no winners. Whether this goes to court, gets settled, whatever. There are there are no winners throughout this scenario. And I just don't think it, either side wants this to see the light of day in a courtroom because then you have cross examination, you have former teammates that are mm-hmm. coming back and yep. um the the part of Chuck Love pursuing relationships with students. Why was it plural? Yeah. Same thing. It, like, it, was this a pattern? And again, this comes back to: Was there any inkling of this? Uh, was there previous relationships? Did any member of the coaching staff, including and mainly, more importantly, the head coach? Was there rumors of this? Was there conversations about this? Was there, mainly, was there any type of vetting of this? Because that that seems like maybe uh, I'll, I'll use other examples that we've heard about a long time ago, and in just other other avenues when it comes to sports or just in general. I mean, you see this with you know high school kids and and, and teachers. Like it, usually, there is a pattern there. That's that's my opinion of it. Like I I'd be I'd be shocked if this was the only at least pursuing. I don't know whatever comes of it, but typically that follows with, you know, the 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 time you get caught isn't the only time you've done it. Yeah. Again, I I don't think either side, and and we just heard the op. We heard one side yesterday. Yes. I don't think either side that's wants fair. to see the light of courtroom because will video be released? Will Snapchat conversations be mm-hmm. released? Just went. When did the head coach know, and what did she know, and what do you do with that information? The part about the kangaroo court, yeah. Now I have 
I have a really, really hard time believing I did too. all of that. I I cannot imagine that you would basically put these two people amongst yeah, the team and just I, let them I, pepper I have, them with I questions have a and really, interrogate them. Really hard time. I did too. Believing the the account in the lawsuit about that. If that actually did happen, there is somebody that should not be the head basketball coach yes. of the Nebraska women's program. But I have a hard time believing that that would that would happen. Just I don't know. Uh, again, I don't think this sees the light of a, a courtroom, and it's uh, it's. Yeah, I can't it, imagine it, any. It, it's yeah. it read terribly. It's not good for anybody in this, uh, and we'll see where this uh, goes. Uh, people have asked, uh, "What's Ashley Scoggin doing? She's still playing college basketball." That's at UNLV, right? right? All right, Sam McEwen uh, joins us next. It's mornings with Sharp and Hanley on sixteen twenty. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.